0: Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword, I'm Dave Tish. You know, this week marks the completion of our four-week sermon series on the spiritual realm. We've called it Unseen, in which we've delved into this really strange, and let's be honest, a little confusing topic of the spiritual unseen realm. This week, though, we're gonna pivot to the good news. We're gonna talk about what Paul talks about in the New Testament in the book of Ephesians called the armor of God. He's talking about how in this battle, this battle against evil and this battle against Satan, his lies, his temptations, his accusations. We actually have some armor. We're going to delve into what that armor is and why it spells great news for us as believers, as followers of Jesus. Steve Clifford is here, and we're going to be talking about that. So let's dive right in. All right, welcome everyone to the Afterword. I'm here with Steve Clifford. Steve, so glad you're with us. You, you are now. You are not in in the room. You're you're uh you're you're at a remote location.
1: Yes, so, I am. So but we're we're hoping that the internet will. Be stable. Not let us down.
0: All right. Now, this past weekend, you spoke on the armor of God. We're going to talk about that because this is actually the first week that's actually positive news. (laughs) The last three weeks have been kind of negative news. Like, we have an enemy, and he's really nefarious, and here's how he affects people. But before we get to the good news, can I... um, Something happened um, to me two days ago, and I wanted to get your take on it. It has to do with the NFL and football, and I know you're a big NFL. I know you're a big football guy. (laughs) Okay, so... So I'm listening to this podcast, and it's talking about football, and I'm excited. You know, football season's almost here. A lot of people are excited. I like football. You like football. But one of the things that's new, and I think this happened about two years ago, and I don't know if you've noticed it, is now whenever there's a football, there's all these advertisements for these online betting and apps for betting, in-game parlays, in-game betting, betting and fan... And now it's not just fantasy football. My son plays fantasy football. Everyone plays fantasy football. It's further. It's betting. It's sports betting. Yeah. In fact, they say that sports... I was just looking at the numbers in the um, in, in, in the Atlantic did a, a large piece um, <laughs> titled America's Gambling Addiction is mestatizing They think it's like a cancer. They, they say it's like an increase in almost 220% of online gambling. It's skyrocketing. And according to the National Council on Problem Gambling, this actually has systemic problems. People who gamble have all sorts of issues with bankruptcy, with divorce, with uh, depression, even with crime. Now my point is that these online sports betting now seem to have partnerships with the NFL. They have advertisements. But every single time that I'm listening to these podcasts, what they'll do is they'll say, Hey, jump on the FanDuel and you can have a same day parlay and bet on which team is going to be the highest scoring team in the NFL this year and which team's going to win the Super Bowl. And at the end of their announcements, they spend a minute going through Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1 800 444 3222 in New York, 1 800 Go Gambling in uh, Indiana. And they go through this like four minute list because all these states have hotlines because the actual addiction has climbed to, to gambling has climbed nine times what it was before the pandemic numbers. So, my question to you is this an example of systemic kind of sin that we talked about with the devil that these lies get entrenched in society? Is this uh, cuz it looks to me like this is an entrenched sin that's now part normalized part of what it means to be in our society, and it's just one more destructive thing that's codified that wasn't the case ten years ago or twenty years ago. Like when, uh, when I was when I was growing up. Do you think am I being uh, prudish, or am I being uh, reactionary, or do you um, think that that's something that's actually happening here?
1: I think I think actually, if you think about the internet and what it does for us, it makes things it makes things that were once hard to get a hold of more available. Now it did that with it does that with information. It's it's all moral. So it it does that with information. It also does that with pornography. Ah uh, yes. It has you know if you look at the use of pornography, um, how many times over it is. But it's simply because you don't have to go down to a Seven Eleven and now buy a hard copy of a magazine. You now have it available for you. I mean, or it used to be regulated.
0: It, it used to be regulated back. I know when you were a kid um, that, that you could only yeah. really do it in an adult bookstore, and it was in the CD part of town. No way you're going to go into that area. But now it's just available. Well, on your phone. no, you
1: could get you could get porn from Seven Eleven stores. Oh they yeah, were like magazines, the magazines the rack and such. Behind, you had to ask for it. You couldn't just get to it. And they were usually wrapped in brown paper where you couldn't see. Yeah, the, sure. Outside of the magazine, but that's different
0: than videos. I but suppose. You think,
1: Right and, you, and videos, yeah, videos as well. Um, the, you know, so now the internet has made all that available. Well, gambling is now um, much more available. It used to you used to have to go through somebody who was obviously breaking the law, some kind of a bookie or something. Right, and now you've got it available to you. For, and it's legal. Um, readily, it's legal so in that, states. I yeah. Oh yeah, I, I think that I don't. I don't know that it's a new strategy. I just think it's an extension. To more ways that um, you can be drug into something that, that's addictive, and of course, this has immediate financial ramifications when your credit card gets run up for ten thousand bucks or whatever because you were so certain on a tip you got. Um, <laughs> that, you know that, 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 it's, that, 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 that the that the rams are going to cover whatever. Of yeah. Mankind yeah. Yeah, there's something inside of the heart of mankind that would likes to get something for nothing. And um, we we love we'd love to get money without work. We'd love to have relationships without time. We'd like to have character without suffering. And um, you just don't get it. You don't. There's no shortcuts to those things. Um, And every time you're chasing it somewhere, uh, it's going to be it's going to be sin. It's going to be found out as sin.
0: Boy, see, that was really deep. I love the way you connected that. Um, say that again. That you can't have relationships without time, you can't have money without effort, and you can't have uh character without character stuffy.
1: without stuffy.
0: Wow. That's really good. Yeah. Well, it just, also reminds me, um, and man, man, I feel like I'm an old an old man because I was talking to my son about this. Because this is normalized for him, like betting and fantasy football is just, I'm one thing, but there's this betting thing that's lined on top of it. And I remember as a kid, my dad telling me like with firmness, like we're talking, he was dead serious. Gambling is theft. My, my dad was like, it was, it's wrong. Mm. Never do it. It's throwing away your money. It's theft from yourself. It's theft from others. It's wrong. I mean, my dad like took a hard line on gambling and now there's, there's commercials for it. It's just it just sure. feels like it's been yeah. normalized. That's interesting. Okay, enough of that. We'll get into that. By the way, do you do you, do, do you have any? Uh, are you excited about your Cowboys this year? Are you excited about uh, their their chances in the mm-hmm.
1: NFC? Not I mean, I'm 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 hopeful, but uh, yeah, I've cooled a little bit on the NFL. Oh, um, over the over the past three or four years, but but and the Cowboys are a team that it's a tough team to like. To be <laughs> honest with you, they they. They have a lot of promise. They make a lot of they make a lot of splash, and then they sizzle, or they promise promise to sizzle and then they fizzle instead.
0: I see. All right. Well, uh, enough of the bad news. Let's get to the good. Enough news. Enough of that. Uh, the armor of God, um, which Paul uses this extended metaphor in Ephesians six, um, and you actually think it maybe wasn't metaphorical because Paul is writing this from prison. Um, and so- it's a
1: prison epistle. We know we know that it is. Um, you know some of the books that we have in the New Testament: um, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. By we know for sure those were all written from prison. And so, wouldn't it be something if, um, if as he just starts to play on this metaphor, this spiritual metaphor of just how protected we are in the grace of God, he could be looking at. A Roman soldier in in the flesh, standing right there guarding him, um, that represented, from a worldly point of view, the baddest hombre on the planet. I mean, Roman soldiers were this new breed of cat, this new strategic way of working together in community that made them invincible for hundreds of years.
0: The militaristic power, you're saying, yeah. So, yeah. And he's redeeming that and, and making it not about uh, a military power, but a spiritual power. Um, and then he goes through these uh, things. And just as you were studying this, what I'm sure you've taught on this before, though I can't remember in my time at Westgate, you must have done it. What jumped out at you this time as you read the armor of God in light of the weeks we've talked about the devil, the spiritual uh, war we're in, and the tactics of Satan being the accuser, the tempter, the liar?
1: yeah a lot I'm a, I'm a lot of time with, what, what happens is you put all of the emphasis on the six pieces of armor. and I've certainly done that in my study too, but really everything you really must know is said be- right before it and right after it.
0: Oh, okay. so it's,
1: it begins it says so it says finally, as in a summation to the structure of what Paul has laid out for us in this letter to, to Ephesus. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Now, how in the world would you do that? What will you put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand? That word there uh, for stand is super important, um, and I know that it's important because it ends up being used several times. Um, listen to it as I just read the passage. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be. You can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is and then. Well, how, how do you do that? Oh, you, you, well, what? It, it, actually it's laid out this way. What? Be strong in the Lord. How? Put on the armor. Why? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of, the, of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, okay, so he, he kind of got distracted and he goes back he goes back to his first thought. Verse 10 Be strong in the Lord, therefore be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God, which he said before, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. There's our word again your yeah. ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm.
0: <laughs> then, yeah, that's a four, you know, so four times it, right? he's using stand. the word stand. Yeah,
1: he's it's he stay is the Greek word there, and it's exactly the same. On the first two that it's used, but then when it says, um, after you have done everything to stand, that third word is stand, is actually, it has the prefix, um, which we, we talked about this in the sermon, the prefix means, which means anti. So it actually means stand against. Not just to stand up to. Oh, but to
0: interesting. Stand
1: against.
0: Maybe a bit more and of an, st- an maybe more of an offensive word, kind of like not just uh, don't yeah, give up ground, but to but to win a battle. Is that is that the idea?
1: Stand against. Get ready to push against. And then the last stand is in the strongest affirmative command that it can have, so that it's in the imperative. And so then you have the stand. Then and then he goes into the armor of God. Right. And so you've got all of this. All of this is all before the pieces of armor, and it tells you what you're supposed to be. What are you supposed to do? Be strong in the Lord. How? Put on the full armor of God. Why? Because your struggle's not against flesh and blood; it's against powers in the spiritual realm, which has been the kind of the point of the whole series. We start out tell, talking about that reality when Jay started the series in week one. I talked about the identity of the enemy and talked about his. The titles that he's given where he's an adversary, he's the accuser, he's the father of lies. And then Jay last week talked about the primary tactic of the enemy, which is to bring deception and lies into our life. Well, the, like you said this week, the good news was well, there's there's protection against this adversary. There's protection against this enemy, and um, it's these pieces of armor that you place, and of course he now he takes the metaphor and calls things like the belt of truth, not the just the spiritual leather belt, not the physical leather belt, but the spiritual belt of truth. And he'll he go through the truth, uh, the belt, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet of peace, and then he gets into your hands and says the shield, the helmet, and the sword, and the, the sword, spirit, yeah. and so. And then, after talking about all of those things, and you can see, you can just imagine him looking at the soldier and just looking, what, look how, look how strong that dude is. And yet, I, in the armor of God, am even stronger than that. And every piece, all the vital organs, all the weak areas of my life, all of my need for community, the, the shield is a very much a communal uh, part of the armor, its effectiveness. It's, it's effectiveness is, if
0: I'm next to you, when you have yeah, yeah, yeah. You. It's like, yeah. Tur- it, they called it the tortoise because it it actually made like an impenetrable shell.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and so you take all of those things and he wraps it up with, okay, now, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and all requests. With this in mind, be alert always and keep on praying for all the saints. So, the final strategy is just to recognize this reality and the security that comes in the armor. But what you need to know is at the first and at the end, be strong, take a stand and pray. Hmm. You see what I mean? And so the passage yeah. we 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 always end up, well, and rightfully so, it's kind of got a, this cool metaphor of all this armor and all these different kinds of things. But the things that are really most important are the things that come before and after.
0: It's interesting because the word pray at the end, pray, pray for me, keep on praying for the Lord's people, pray, uh, pray that I may, I mean, it's like five times. And then the stand, it's interesting. Steve. I was just looking it up, um, I wondered if this was a military word and it looks like in John 15, that famous remain in me as I also remain in you. It's the same, it's the same word. It's stand, it's remain, stand, don't give up ground.
1: Yeah, Stand in me. Isn't
0: that interesting? Yeah. That's interesting that Jesus uses um, a word that also kind of has a militaristic kind of uh, battle, kind of remain, stand, stand with me, you know, remain in me.
1: Well, and if you think, if you think about it, when do you get in trouble with the attacks of the enemy? It's when you've lost your centeredness on Christ and taking that stand. I mean, you, you can think of all kinds of times in your life when you had to take a stand. I remember my freshman year in college, I'll just as an example. yeah, my freshman year in college, I was asked to join an organization, a fraternity, and um, the the overall things that were it stood for. I thought I could make a change for Christ, but I couldn't. and I realized, you know what I got to take a I got make a stand. I got to make a stand right here. And now, and I chose my faith. It was very hard. I was very lonely. My the end did of you my quit, year did you quit the fraternity? And I I deep pledged what uh, they call deep pledging. Yep. And um, it was I, I was the I had joined with twelve other pledges. They were all good friends. They were good guys. Three of us, three or four of us, had said we're bringing Christian influence into this fraternity and they had made me the pledge cl- pledge captain.
0: No surprise.
1: And then what happens, you know, oh, a couple man. weeks into this pledge ship, maybe 3 weeks in, I realize, oh my gosh, this this you're asking me to the stuff they were asking me to do, I just couldn't do. Oh, uh, man. and I had to take a stand. And and those kinds of things, um, you know, are very important and yeah. There's people listening right now who they were asked to take a stand and they didn't take it and, you know, that's in it cost them, and then they can probably think of times that they took a stand, and it cost them. But it, but it, you know, it it made them stronger.
0: Hey, let me try to interpret "take a stand" here, uh, because that 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 you know that has a that has some connotations. It sounded to me like you were trying to say, "I will not leave Christ. I will remain faithful to my conscience and yeah. to His Spirit," and that's what it means to take a stand, even if it costs me. I'll be, uh, allegiant to God and His Word in His ways in Jesus in His ways over anything else. Is that is that what you're saying when you means take a stand?
1: Yeah, and take a stand. So it starts off be strong in the Lord. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. take your stand against the schemes for our struggles. Not therefore take on the full armor guns so that when the day of evil comes, you can stand your ground.
0: Is the day of evil like? And then what does that mean? That's a that's a strange phrase. I think it, does it mean any day that's yeah. evil, or is it talking about a great battle? Like, is there a day of evil, or is commentators it—
1: commentators are a little bit of a little bit torn? Um, typically, this particular time, um, when they're talking about a specific thing in the end times, day in the scriptures will be capitalized. Oh, right, and right. This one is a little d, so this is little d, as opposed little to day d- of the day.
0: Lord or day. You know, it's it's that's always right. capital. Right.
1: So I think that it means
0: just an evil day, a it's, ba- a bad day.
1: It, 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 it's it's a bad day. Stuff's going to happen, you know, and Jesus promises that it will. And when those things it's like in the Lord's prayer when it says deliver us from evil, um, you know, this the, and some say the evil one, what is it's not like a I think it's just the particular temptations of the kinds of things that come into our lives and when those things come be strong in the Lord. Take a stand in the Lord's strength, cover up your, get covered up, get, you know, you you know, I've practiced before just this prayer of, um, God, I reject that lie. I put on the belt of truth. I thank you for your word. I, I, you know, I take a stand for righteousness and I'm going to say no to this temptation of this sin. I'm going to get my feet where I'm going to, I'm going to take a stand and not be pushed back against this. I'm going to put a pick up the shield and get with community around me and we're going to extinguish the darts that come our way. You know, I put on the helmet, protect my mind from the thoughts that are that sometimes come into me and then give me the word a word maybe that I can even claim that would be your 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 strong word in this situation. I, and when I'm when I'm really in a situation where I'm I'm wrestling through this temptation or whatever it might be that's kind of come on me. I'll sometimes even just pray through the pieces of the, of wow. the armor.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, because if you think uh, that's really... Uh, let me ask you a question before we get into the, the pieces, because I think that that's utterly fascinating and a wonderful prayer. It reminds me of the Lord's Prayer, how helpful it can be for all aspects of our life. Uh, do you see the armor of God as something given to us by God as a gift, or uh, uh, something that's given to us by God as a gift that that we also have to kind of put on? Like, where's the gift of God versus our responsibility when you think about it? Or do you not even think about it that way?
1: Um, I, think we, I think we have an, a responsibility to not give in to evil and to appropriate what's been given to us for free. I, and that, you know, that's I think the, the armor red- of
0: God, right? <laughs> All these yeah, things. Yeah. And it is free, to your it's, point. It's a gift. You don't have to pay for it. It's like, a
1: gift. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, Paul's, again, don't push the armor too hard because what's really given is not the belt what's really given is the truth right what's really what's really given is not the breastplate it's really given righteousness in Christ so y- y- the armor is t- is really the things imparted and imputed on us because of our faith in Jesus Christ but we can neglect them we can leave them to the side so truth and righteousness and peace faith allegiance and, and trust in god faithfulness yeah, yeah. and and you know salvation which guards our mind and the word of god which we, we can, can certainly neglect
0: so, the word of god too <laughs> yeah
1: yeah all, all of the for sure that yeah. are given to us so let's get away from emphasizing the armor so much i think it's what you do is you just take great comfort in the armor well it, he's looking at a roman soldier and saying as bad as that dude is and he is the baddest on the planet we are in the spiritual realm we are the baddest people on the planet those who walk in christ are the ones with the most resources and the most power
0: right to defeat the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil
1: and the evil and the yes. evil that comes our way
0: um does yeah. it now one of the things that's there, there was one soldier who was equipped more than all others, the Messiah himself. It cost him his life, though, and he suffered. So it doesn't often always mean that things will go easy. Just that yes, it, you'll win the battle in the end? Is that how you think about it?
1: No, I think, I think it, what's promised is promised. So don't read what's not there. I see. What's given is the belt of truth. Right, it, it, not charm. I heard I heard a devotional today where a, go, a guy made a distinction between charmed, a charmed life, and a blessed life.
0: Ooh, what's the difference? And
1: charmed is you've got all the trappings Lucky. that the world has to offer. You get it, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. then blessed though is someone who has walked in a righteous path and has reaped the benefits of righteousness in their life, their their relationships that they have. Yeah. And, and the peace of mind that they have and the the meaning behind the the purpose and meaning behind what they do. So don't read in here. There's nothing about this armor that says, Oh, and it's going to be easy and and your life is all going to work out but don't forget it, it's a battle you wouldn't yeah. if, if you don't wear you don't wear armor when you're, armor out, when you're going to the baseball game right yeah you know if the oh if the, man if the pitcher is never going to throw the ball at your head why would you ever put a helmet on to put to bat
0: wow that's a great um, point so even the metaphor itself implies uh conflict if you yeah go, yeah yeah if you yeah wow or to our, I, I, when I think of armed conflict, I think of D-Day, those famous, you know, those famous, that's kind of the environment that we have. Yeah. Bullets whizzing around. Yeah, um, Man.
1: So. Well, and I, I think that that's, that's that's what we hope, Jay and I and, and the other people who have taught at the other campuses, you and others, what we hoped was is the reality is is that, number one, you're in a battle. You're not getting on a cruise ship. You're getting on a battleship. You know, if you're, if you want to use that, those two metaphors Yeah. and then, but don't fear greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And you've got resources at your disposal that allows you to fight the fight, the good fight every single day and to take your stand.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you see these as all communal or some personal or a little mixture of both? Because I, I, I'm looking at these. I think about truth and how we talked about how truth is both something that we need to seek, but also we seek as a community, that righteousness, uh, not just the imputed righteousness, but doing that which is right um, as, a, as individuals and people. Peace is a communal thing. Faith, my faith is often, uh, if it's a shield, there's a communal aspect of it. Uh, the helmet of salvation. It's not just that helmet of my salvation, but that what God has done for me and in all of God's people. And then He says, "Pray for the Lord's people. Pray for the saints." He says, "Pray for me." Keep, I, is this communal? Is this private? Or, or not? Per, I mean, not private. Sorry, personal, communal. Is it yeah. both? How do you How do you think about this? Just even as a as a pastor, as a as a person?
1: Yeah, I, I, I've never thought of them as either or. I've oh, always thought of them as both and. Got it that there is a responsibility that I that I need to do and that is to obey and to follow the promptings of the spirit and take a stand but the the again the effectiveness of the roman soldier is not in his individual ability to fight it's how he could fight collectively mm. that was the str- that was the magic dave yeah that was the magic That suddenly just, you know, and I talked about this in the sermon. Imagine what a war, what a battle looked like in the time of Christ with every other nation was people stood on opposite sides of a valley and they ran full speed at each other. And shot arrows and swung their sword and just ran and just er helter skelter everybody and whoever had the most guys standing at the end. That was great. I think of Braveheart. When you watch the battles in yeah. Braveheart, they just they just storm at each other. Yeah. Well, that was the, the magic was that Rome moved in divisions hitting each other from the backs and the sides. And so that was the magic of it. And so I'm there's no way Paul would have thought this was, hey, you got the armor, now go out and be an island. Go out and be your own guy. No <laughs> right. he, he would have known that no, the secret to Rome's effectiveness is that they figured out how to fight as a unit.
0: Or I guess the secret to any army, right, is is the collective way of, of moving together in unity. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, any final words for folks who, um, I think for a lot of folks, the things that is, is I've heard that people have said is this has been eye-opening to them, and that's what we hope the series would be. Um, I've sure. heard people praying a little bit more fervently for uh, eyes to see, satan's activity uh and protection from god in his truth i've seen people kind of waking up saying how can how can i be aware of the spiritual battle and 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 then you know protect myself against it um i know that that was part of the impetus behind why we w- even wanted to do right. this but even as we close the series well any final thoughts for you as as we kind of close the series with these incredibly encouraging words from paul in in ephesians
1: Well, the same way I closed the message is that we do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. The victor, the victor is Jesus Christ. And in his name alone, demons will flee and evil will, you know, the light will eliminate the darkness and just be encouraged in that this, you know, one four-week series is not, you don't need to, you don't know all you need to know about the spiritual realm. And um, you don't, you know, I hope that you won't, well, think, okay, well then just to forget it. I'm just going to ignore it. It. You ignore it to your detriment, but you also, it's, it's also just as destructive if you go into this overreactive, fearful mode. Jesus Christ um, has taken the, forces of darkness and made a spectacle of them on the cross and defeated them. Now they still have influence in this world collectively. And so because of that, we've got to be wise as a, you know, wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove to the fightings of the world. But most of it is just a matter of obedience and remembering who we are in Jesus. So my last word would be just fear not the battle the battle's tough, but the victory's won. Mm. And, and look um, who look who was on the that. side
0: of uh, of 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 Paul and his, his pray for the saints is is Jesus Himself. Um, yeah, he, He's already won. Yeah. That's that's a great reminder, uh, and and it also helps us not be overcome by fear or sorrow, um, and it right. allows us to move toward um, which one of the things that I think is so critical here is hope. I think hope is actually. A form of spiritual warfare, um, because it says mm-hmm. it's a it's a forward thinking. It's an emphasis on Christ and what He's done, and the idea that we're not alone. That truth can be is available to us. That God's righteousness will win, even in the midst of a world that's filled with unrighteousness and untruth, and no peace and no faith. Uh, that 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 God actually will move forward with those things, and that we can actually incredibly partner together with God to to bring those things about in this current realm, but one day that will be done perfectly. And that's, to me, that's really inspiring.
1: Yeah, I I love the definition of hope in that it's the anticipation of something good. And if you understand the promises of the Scripture, they are full of nothing but good things. And, And it takes us back to why we started this series on the Unseen was because of the words of Jesus in His prayer, yeah, um, in the Lord's prayer, you know, about how we are to live and, and how we are to pray. So uh, we embrace the unseen world because uh, Jesus and His saints are in there. But along the way, there's some battle to.
0: I be love, yeah, in. I love the way that uh, Dallas Willard puts it. He talks about spiritual warfare as being non-cooperation with. Evil. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're we're like saboteurs. We're we're throwing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're not. We are not going along with this. We
1: refuse to cooperate <laughs> with the advancement of evil. Yeah, and if you just think about that, that's that's that. Okay, then whenever I see it identified in front of me, I just say no to it. Yes yeah. to Jesus.
0: That's that's really great, and and that's personal awesome. and corporate, man. That's awesome. Well, Steve, thanks so much for your time. Um, I I I, I look forward to watching some NFL. Uh, and us talking and and not gambling. So,
1: <laughs> okay, all right. And uh, I'll hold you to that.
0: I'll, I'll bet you that maybe the the cowboy. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. All right.
1: Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see you
0: soon, Steve. Thanks for your time.
1: Oh, thank you, David.
0: All right, bye. Just want to say thanks to Steve Clifford for stopping by. Steve, best of luck to you and the Cowboys this season. Uh, for your own psychological state, I I hope that things go well. Join us next week when we're going to be looking at our brand new sermon series called The Life We Want. We're going to be looking for five weeks at just kind of the core principles and the core things our church is built on and that we're calling folks to. This is a sermon series where we're going to be examining what it means to be a church and what it means to be followers of Jesus, what it means to belong to the family of God in a local body. So it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be inspirational. I'm jazzed about it, but I also think it's going to be um, a little bit convicting for a lot of folks. And so I'm excited about it. It certainly is for me as I stare at this stuff. So, um, if we are in a battle, that means we need to be all in. And what does that look like? We're going to look at that and other topics in the coming weeks. So join us next week as we talk about that. We'll see you soon.